This girl, Diana Yastremska, is my hero. Not because she won me my bet yesterday, not because I rode her in Dubai and she made me a lot of money in Dubai, it's nothing to do with that. Diana Yastromska, three days ago, was in her village in Ukraine with her younger sister. With her family. She fled the country, became the guardian of her 16-year-old sister, and, and left her parents behind. They went to Romania, and then they went to France, and when they got to France... Um, they received a wild card to play tennis and the doubles together and Yastremska a wild card into the uh, singles draw in Lyon. I don't want to call her a hero because, I mean, that's not exactly what a hero is, but it's inspirational. It's an amazing moment and... And it's nice that we get to appreciate that. Now here's what I didn't enjoy about it. There's a lot of people in, in the last two days who were talking about Yastremska like... Like, oh my god, how can you bet Yastremska? You know, this whole narrative about... Oh man, this war is a distraction. I don't think her, her head is gonna be right. Da 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 da. Like, okay, I have one question for you. And and really, I'm not just saying this now in hindsight because I know Yastremska won the match. I, I've, I've kept the same energy. Don't worry about it. But do you really think that when you say this shit that you're, the, you're some sort of genius and you're the only one in the world that knows, knows this information? Like, you think you're really the only person in the world that sort of was able to draw this conclusion that Yastremska won't be able to to play well, so I'm, I'm not going to bet her, I'm actually going to bet against her. If we take one step back and just look at the line, uh, you know, Yastremska versus uh, Bogdan in, the, in round one. We know Yastremska is a very capable tennis player, 21 years old has so 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 much potential and played really well in Dubai really really well I mean beat Kojikova in straights beat Clara Towson so easy and and she looked good man she beat she beat Bigu who was in good form Yastremska was playing well and obviously it's not the first tournament uh, where she plays well it's not her first uh Impressive string of results, okay? Anna Bogdan at the end of her career. Yastremska is minus 130 against Anna Bogdan. Do you think that this line is not, has not factored into this genius conclusion that you reached? Obviously, Yastremska wasn't able to play 100%. Obviously, Yastremska, her head was probably... Not right, all the way. But winning solves everything, and that's what she set out to do yesterday against Anna Bogdan. What a hero. What a great player. Honestly, both played really well. Yastremska really brought it to her in the end. 
She kind of choked. There were nerves. She was a little tight. She missed a lot. She was very emotional. A little erratic. Some would say that this is Yastremska on any, on any regular Tuesday and not just, you know, with what's going on in Ukraine. But it is what it is, and honestly, I hope she wins this tournament. I think this is a good start for her, and she's here to play tennis. She doesn't want none of that noise that, that, you know, people people on Twitter tell me all the time. Yesterday, after I tweeted uh, my card for the matches, and Yastremska was on there. I received maybe like 17 DMs. Einstein was in there. Isaac Newton was there. A fucking... Uh, you know, all all these dudes were in my DMs yesterday telling me about this crazy revelation about... Oh no, I'm not gonna bet Yastremska, I'm gonna bet Anna Bogdan because of the war in Ukraine. That's basically what they were saying. Do you understand that Vegas loves people like that? Like, people like you who say that shit and who, who generally think like that, they love people like you. With people like you, that's how they have nice chandeliers, big-ass fountains, all these colorful bright lights. It's because of people like you who think like that, who think they're Isaac Newton's cousin. Look, man, I don't want to get I don't want to get angry. I don't want to get annoyed. But if I keep going and, and talking about Yastremska, I will. Even though it's amazing that she won it, it made me really happy to see. I won my bet. Da 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 da. Everything was perfect. But what these what what Newton's cousin said, what Isaac Newton's cousin said in my DM really pissed me off, and I kept thinking about it. Like like don't like stop. Clearly that shit is factored into the line and and you know when when Vegas makes these lines especially in tennis where it's 1v1 they're not trying to make a perfect line they're not trying to make an accurate line which is you know fair considering both players abilities and 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 all these other factors Okay they sort of get, make these lines to to get the public to sort of bet the wrong side or to even out the you know the handle they don't want a liability on either side so they sort of bait you into taking Bogdan at plus 110 or plus 115 make it not look like a crazy long shot but make it seem fairly reasonable and since you're Isaac Newton you're gonna be like oh well Bogdan's the play yes Shremska, th there's a war in Ukraine she was just there You know what I mean? Like, like you are not a genius. You are not the only person in the world that was thinking about that. Trust me. Okay? So in cases like this, I know it was close. I know she could have lost. But, but it's about the principle. Okay? When it comes to sports betting long term, it's your principles. It's your approach that matters. Not certain, like, handpick results. You know what I mean? Like, look, if she would have lost, I would have kept the same energy. I would probably be saying the same shit I'm saying right now. Nothing changes. The principle does not change. Okay? 
To talk about other results in Lyon, I'm going to go back to day one, round one, and talk about what Alizé Cornet did against uh, Christ Christina Boxer. Alizé Cornet was minus five and a half games in France, indoors, won the first set 6-1, and broke to start the second set. So she was 6-1, one, one love up with serve. And that's when Christina Buxa got possessed by Maria Sharapova. Christina Buxa turned into Maria Sharapova. And yesterday I did not have an episode uh, posted. I instead went on Twitter Spaces with my good friend Dustin and we talked a lot about this. Uh, we talked about the matches yesterday and talked a little bit about uh, day one round one in, in Monterey and Lyon. It's probably a little late now but if, if you missed it you can go to my page and check it out. Uh, it was recorded. You can listen to it in your own time if you like. But we talked about Christina Buxa and how against Alizé Cornet after being a 6-1 and 1-love down she really turned into Maria Sharapova. She hit every single shot in the book to perfection. Christina Buxa. I mean, I, I, like forehand, backhand, slice, down the line, cross court. You know, two, two-handed backhand, down the line, one-handed backhand slice. I mean, it, it was just incredible. Hitting first serves like I don't know who. It was so good, yet so bad. The, the general reaction on the timeline, Alizé Cornet is so embarrassing, I can't believe this, I'm done with her. She's She sucks. Well, in her defense, really, the, the, it's it really had not much to do with her. It's the player on the other side of the net just playing out of their mind. I, it's always nice to see that on a tennis court. Not so much when it's against your bet. Not so much when it's against a player like Alizé Cornet, who you bet on in France, you know. But that was some result. That was some result. Other results from that day, nothing really stands out. Uh, this this chick called Miyazaki from Japan uh, made her first uh, main draw appearance. Honestly, played well. She played well in qualifiers. Um, she almost beat uh, Bondar, uh, the Hungarian, who doesn't have much, uh, you know, experience at this level. But she has definitely played a lot more um, matches, you know, two fifties and such. So that was interesting to see Miyazaki, sort of a new player on, uh, on tour, doesn't even have a rank. Elsa Jacquemot, I was sort of like uh, Alizé Cornet choked on a fat cock from from a setup. Lost in three, just like Cornet. Obviously, the expectations there are less, but she's playing, I think, against a, a much, much worse opponent. Stephanie Vogel, 32-year-old. Easy fade in the next round, I think. Yesterday, before Yastremska, uh, Camilla Georgi committed a crime on center court.
she let Caro Garcia win the last eight games of the match. Uh, so Georgie was up 7-5, and it was 4-4 in the second set. She didn't win a single game rest of the match. 4-4 turned into 6-4, third set, 6-love. Caro Garcia. Wow, that is some result. Kiki Mladenovic, another Frenchie. I'm not even going to talk about it. Look, I'm look, I'm I'm just gonna say 19 double faults, 37 first serve percentage. I'm not gonna say anything else, okay? Um, because why? Why? Look, we don't want to get annoyed. She had two set points in each set. Uh, she didn't win a set. Um, served for the first set. She was six five up. 40 15. Didn't convert, got broke, lost the tiebreak. That was the first set. Kiki Mladenovic, man. How embarrassing is that? And look, these are all good bets. Kiki Mladenovic at plus 150 at home. She could have had it, but, but, but you can't really cap 19 double faults and 37%. Uh, first serve. Points one behind her first serve, 81%. That is so high. That is so good. A player that quietly has been having a pretty decent run is Katie Bolter. Katie Bolter, like Paula Bedosa, uh, people like her a lot and like to bet on her because she's pretty. I, I mean, look, that's never a good strategy. I know, look, I know it's fun. I understand that it's it's really enjoyable to watch, follow, uh, you know, sex, sexy, sexy players and hope that they win because it's nice to see them happy, and it, and it's 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 fun to to win your bet and make some money, right? And it's even more exciting when it's on a chick that looks so good doing it like Bedosa, like Katie Bolter. Katie Bolter, however, didn't uh, overachieve and, and overperform like Bedosa hasn't uh, reached that level or anywhere close, but it looks like she's having herself a pretty good run. Came through qualies, uh, really impressive uh, runs, hasn't dropped a lot of sets lately. Uh, there was little ITF tournament in France not a lot of no names I mean Stephanie Vogel was there Martina Trevisan Tatiana Maria and a Blinkova Katie Bolter won that uh, little event good for her and that was earlier this month so she's on a seven sorry eight match win streak uh, beat Anna Konya from a set down which is no easy opponent by the way um And gets uh, Bondar next, uh, which is today, actually, pretty soon from when I'm recording this. So that that's something to look out for. Uh, Katie Bolter having herself a good run. I think Sori Kristea has to be the odds-on favorite to win this event now that the number one seed, Camilla Georgi, committed a crime and had to go to jail. Um, 
I don't know, but but look, Caro Garcia, Yastremsko, Bolter. Um pretty interesting. And honestly, Allison Van Utvank, I don't think anyone should underestimate Allison Van Utvank. Uh, I think she made a couple finals last year and 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 events that had the similar sort of vibe to this, like a low level 250 with like a eh draw. So yeah, some players. For today's matches, um Fritzum versus Dianchenko. A really ugh matchup, but I think Dianchenko has got this. She plays well indoors and she hits pretty big if 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 she just doesn't commit errors, right? I think Fried Fried Sam is uh Fried Sam sorry is, is very limited. Dyachenko also quietly on a five game win streak. Extending to also some uh ITF tournaments. Victoria Gulabich and Greet Minin, I think it's just two players who who choke a lot and struggle with leads and struggle closing out matches. Um, they've met before and both games have been won by Gulabich and both games went uh, over 20, 20 and a half. Only one of them though in three sets. I think this line is really low. Um, I think maybe a lot of respect is being shown to Gulabich. She'll probably win. But Greet Minin is honestly kind of tough if she's serving well and her girlfriend is playing in this tournament Alison van Utvenk so I'm I'm sure they they want to ball out together Bolter as we mentioned played played Bondar today I I like her a lot I think she I think she got this Bolter a very streaky player when she's on then she's on you know she's hot she's hot and she is hot Sorry, Kristea against 32-year-old Stephanie Vogel. I think this should be one-way traffic, right? And then Alison Van Utvenk, the aforementioned uh, girlfriend to greet Menon, plays uh, Grasheva. Grasheva been playing a lot of tennis recently, and I think it's enough now, right? I think AVU takes a shit on her. Four and a half is a bit steep, I think, but... You know, AVU playing well and Grasheva enough is enough. She beat uh, Kukova in straights in the first round and didn't hold a lot. Kukova really, really threw that match and, and was sort of tanking. So I think four and a half is fair, honestly. Um, I think that looks good. Um, feels like a day where all the favorites win. Uh, Dyachenko's the favorite. I think she wins. Uh, Gulabich is a favorite. I don't think she wins. I don't care. Um, I like the over, but Gulabich could probably win that match. Um, Bolter, the favorite, uh, should win. Kirstea, and then Van Utvenk. Uh, pretty straightforward, I think. To go to Mexico and talk about the second Mexican event uh, for the women last week was Guadalajara this week it's Monterrey honestly a pretty good event as well uh, outdoor hardcore 
not a lot of altitude, a little humid. Some decent players, similar to who we saw in, in Guadalajara uh, in the previous week. Some good results. Unfortunately, Kalinskaya couldn't play. Fortunately, Sloane Stevens didn't play. Svitolina's playing. She's the one seed. How embarrassing. Some of the noteworthy results in Monterrey so far in the first round. Suribes Tormo. What looked like a straightforward win in the end in the third set against Rachimova. Rachimova always one of those players where if she plays well, I swear she can win. Yesterday, me and Dustin on Twitter Spaces talked about how some players just look out of shape and, and, and we don't mean any offense or, or to sort of body shame or, or anything like that, but if Rachimova sort of gets into same with Kuzmova, by the way, who played last week and, and lost in qualifiers in Monterey this week, um, if they get into better shape, I, I swear they could be a lot better, because look, there are no Serena Williams with their overwhelming uh, power, athleticism, and, and, and just talent like that, you know? So, I, I don't know, but Rach Rachimova was a, was a good player. Uh, she gave Suribes Tormo some headaches, um, but Suribes Tormo did Suribes Tormo things, I, I guess. Uh, Pama Udvardi, the big-hitting Hungarian, uh, lost a pretty close match to uh, BHM, Haddad Maya, in three sets as well. Camilo, Camilo Osorio back on track against a pretty good win against Magdalena Frech. Uh, Magdalena Frech is a is one for the future as well. What a, definitely one of the better younger players on tour. But I'm worried that she might not see it through. We'll talk about another one of those players later. It's always nice to see Heather Watson get on track. I'm surprised she did it against uh, big Julie Niemer. Leila Annie Fernandez, the U.S. Open finalist and the defending champion in Monterey, beat Shmidlova in straights. Shinwen Chang looked very good against Bronzetti, the lucky loser. Watch out for Shinwen Chang. And watch out for Shang Wang. And watch out for Shinyu Wang. Three Chinese players all playing this week, uh, just like in. Guadalajara, except they all won their first round matches, and and they look good, honestly. And no Kalinskaya t uh, to beat them <laughs> this week. Kalinskaya beat Shinwen Shang in the first round, which was a pretty good win, and then Shinyu Wang in the second round last week. So no Kalinskaya this week, and you know both these girls are through. So let's see. Petra Martic beat Madison Keys as a plus 380 underdog. Keys was a minus five and a half game favorite. Won the first set, lost the second set in a tiebreak, lost the third set 6-3. That, that match got really ugly in the end with a lot of momentum changes, very topsy-turvy, injury timeouts, you know, huge pendulum swings and... Oh, some ugly tennis, but good win. Credit to, to Petra Martic, for sure. Plus 380 was 
extremely silly, and if you want to talk about that line a little bit, just, you know, nothing to do with tennis, just talk about the line, or the odds that they give us. Um, this is what we call Australian Open semi-finalist tax. Recency bias? You know, Madison, and, and, and look, rightfully so, I, I uh, you know, two months ago, or whatever the Australian Open was, we talked about how Madison Keys, who the, who's who's going to beat Madison Keys? You know, and as soon as she lost to Barty and played her worst match ever and started doing things that she just doesn't usually do, she tried to slice Barty to death. Just imagine that. Okay, Madison Keys, who was hitting some crazy ground strokes all week, ran into Barty and said, you know what, today I'm going to slice. How embarrassing, seriously. And since then, I don't think she's won a match. How embarrassing. She's back to who she really is. Now her true colors are out. This is who Madison Keys is. And this line, having Petra Martic, look who's not a bad player, who's, who's, who's experienced maybe not as much success as Madison Keys, but con consistently been okay for the most of her career. Definitely experienced. And she's a fighter. She's a pro. Alize Cornet vibes, I would say. And she won from a set down against Madison Keys. Maybe the the right shoulder injury uh, to Keys helped us a little bit. Maybe. But anyway, that is a fifty. That was a fifty-fifty game. Could have gone either way, but you were getting one player at plus three eighty odds. Why was she plus three eighty? Madison Keys, Australian Open semi-finalist tax. That's what it is. It's so simple. Now I said that there's another young player who has a lot of potential, but I'm worried that we might not see their potential through and they, they might sort of flop or not reach their ceiling or, or not fulfill their potential. It's Anastasia Potapova. I mean, I don't know what's good with her. It's been kind of weird. She got injured last year, her shoulder. I'm not sure if she did surgery. It feels like she can't serve anymore. Her serve service motion has changed. Uh, it looks really weird. She has attitude problems on court. And it's okay if players act like that, but you have to be good. You know what I mean? Like her attitude and demeanor on court sort of reminds me of Simona Halep. But you're not Simona Halep. You know what I mean? Like, you haven't earned the right to sort of, you know, have tantrums on court. You're young, you are you have the experience a little bit, but you just haven't experienced the success. And no sort, any kinds of consistency against Potapova, who feels like she never holds serve anymore. But Svitolina enjoyed the moment, uh, emotional after her win in the interview, it's, it's good to see that. I'm happy Svitolina played, honestly. Um, it's never good to really let politics have this much of a grip uh, you know on your decisions on your sport on your career um, so yeah good for Svitolina honestly Potapova I, I, I'm worried you know not not for now but for, for the rest of her career is she gonna get better I mean she must 
She can really be a, t a, t a top, top player in the future. And look, same with Marta Kostyuk, and I'm really worried there because her potential is even higher. She's already pretty good, already better than Potapova. I mean, I'd say her and, and Clara Towson are probably leading the pack. Clara Towson, I'm not a fan of, but she's got game. Iga Svojtek doesn't sort of qualify because she's already at the top. She already won a Grand Slam. She's in the top 10 and she's playing really well. Coco Goff, no one is worried about Coco Goff except for Coco Goff and her dad. Those are the only people that are actually worried about Coco Goff. Her and her own team. thing with Coco Goff is that... I... It's not like, oh, she's only 17, she's going to get so much better. That's not really how it works. I mean, some people peak really early and hit their potential and sort of hit the roof, the ceiling, so early. For Coco Golf, that's what happened. I think it's going to be really hard for Coco Golf to improve. Like, I think she will stagnate and at one point decline, just like any other player. But that, that whole cycle just be has begun or began. I think it's began, began much earlier than, you know, a regular player. Sort of that trajectory, that career path. You know what I mean? For Coco Golf, it was just so accelerated and so early on. Um, it doesn't mean that she's gonna have the benefit of improving and and getting better and better when she's 21, 22, like every other player. No, for her it was a lot earlier. And if anything, she might honestly. Begin, begin to decline at 24 if you consider how much just how much tennis she's played um you know at 17 years old so that's something to think about uh the future of the women's tour though i'm i'm optimistic i'm optimistic but i don't want to see the current generation just sort of fade away i talked about it yesterday with dustin it feels like muguruta kvitova Simona Halep, Azarenka, not a lot of consistent results. They look good in moments, but, but we're not getting that anymore from them. Simona Halep, some matches, she looks so, so, so good. So good. And then she loses to Caro Garcia. You know what I mean? I don't like to talk down on Alizé Cornet because I love Alizé Cornet, but... You know, Halep was playing well. She won, you know, in the Australian summer. She won in the, the Melbourne little tournament before the Australian Open. Was looking good, playing well. You know, very positive and optimistic in her interviews. And lost to Alizé Cornet. In Dubai, honestly, she was back playing really good. Uh, and lost to Ostapenko, but look, that's a little different. Ostapenko was, was on fire. But then went to Doha and lost to... Carol Garcia. You can't do that. Petra Kvitova, similar story. She came to Dubai. She played really, really well. Uh, you know, 6-2-6 six, six love Georgie, Sabalenka in straights, who really didn't play that bad, that, that one match. And then ran into Ostapenko, and I think gave her, gave honestly, Ostapenko the toughest test. Really close match. Uh, lo Kvitova lost 7-5, 5-7, 6-7. It was very close, very, very close. Even the deciding set tiebreak was close. And that was against an unplayable Ostapenko. Muguruza, just no consistency or, or anything like that. And I'm a little worried that 
that these girls might be fighting away. Azarenka lost in the first round to Kudrymetova, who had herself a week as well, but still. Was on the brink of defeat against Putintseva. Putintseva did Putintseva things. Uh, Vika came back and beat Putintseva, had to retire in Doha. I'm excited for Indian Wells. I think a lot of players are playing well on the women's tour and I'm I'm definitely optimistic. It's always nice to see a lot of names competing. At the top it's very close. I'm not saying in terms of rankings, I'm saying like like who's the best. Now you have Shvoitek being a legit contender. Ostapenko is there. And I just named the four, the you know, the four big names who really I can never rule out: Vika, Halep, Kvitova, Mogoruto. Kontaveit is playing well. Ostapenko is playing well. I don't want to hear any other names though. For Monterey tonight, looks like we only have four matches. Shinyu Wang plays, plays against uh, Beatrice Haddad Maya. Shinyu Wang looked very good against An Lee. I mean, An Lee is An Lee. She's Queen Rat. Players like An Lee, when they run into a good player with power who doesn't commit a million errors, she stands no chance. That's what rats are. If, if, you're, if your opponent is playing well, you have zero, zero chance. But if your opponent is struggling, that's when you come out of your rat cave and, and you attack. That's simple. You know, so honestly, Shinyu Wang beating An Lee like that, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Shinyu Wang looked good. Her first first serve percentage was good. And she she was hitting really good. Shinyu Wang and Shin Wen Sheng, I can't tell you how obsessed I am with these two Chinese girls. Amazing stuff. And look, two young players as well that I'm really hopeful for. Zacharias, who's a big question mark, a uh, Mexican wildcard, plays against uh, Cam uh, Maria Camila Osorio Serrano. Zacharias in the first round played against Emma Navarro, who also received a wildcard, I believe. I'm not sure if they qualified. Maybe Emma Navarro. I don't know, actually. Emma Navarro, a very eh, uh, young American player. Her parents actually are the owners of the Charleston uh, Clay Tournaments in the U.S. Uh, I think it's called the Volvo Car Open. And there's actually two editions of them. One's a 500, one's a 250. And her parents are the, are the owners of that. So I, I think that's why she gets, uh, you know, invitations, wildcards to some of these events in North America. Zacharias, though, poor girl. This is the end of your run. Camilo Osorio Serrano, I think, got this. I don't know what the line is, but I feel like it's a little inflated. I'd be willing to play 19, under 19 and a half games for for Zacharias and uh, Maria Camilo Osorio Serrano. For the Shinyu Wang and uh, BHM match, 
Look, man, Shinya Wang is... She looks good. She's minus 130. Shinya Wang looks good. My other Chinese lover, Shin Wen Chang, plays against a uh, US Open finalist and defending champion in Monterey, Leila Annie Fernandez, the Canadian. Shin Wen Chang is plus 125. I'm just saying. That'll be a really fun match to watch. I, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of big hitting. Shinwen Sheng loves to be aggressive from the baseline. Her first serve, is, if she's hitting them, is pretty good. She's pretty powerful. Can Layla deal with a player like that? I don't know. Thankfully, we can all go to sleep early tomorrow because the last match of the day in Monterey is Sara Suribes Thormo versus Harmony Tan. Wow. I mean, if you gave me money to bet on this match, I wouldn't do it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't bet this match with your money. You know what I mean? Even if I could keep the winnings. I, I would not do it. I, why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself? I mean, forget watching the match. Why would I even bet it? You know? Uh, no, thank you. Best of luck to both players. Um... Yeah. That is all for today. I'm recording this uh, podcast at a sort of weird time for me. I'm I'm sort of not used to getting in the zone like this, but I'm happy to do it because this week I think it's a bit tricky to sort of get on the schedule with you know two tournaments and and two different time zones and like. It feels like the tennis is on all day, like, you know, Lyon finishes, and then Monterey is just getting started, uh, which is amazing as for us as, as, as betters, as tennis fans. But it's hard to find a set time where you can, you know, either before or after the matches where you can sort of look at everything, recap everything, and, and sort of have enough time to look at tomorrow's matches, um, you know... Um, but I don't sleep much. Uh, today, I think it's a little late. By the time this uploads, I think it will be um, just when the Lyon matches are starting, or about to start. Um, so I'll actually try and do this a little early tomorrow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you for listening. This has been The Safe Space. As always, best of luck to us. And yeah, yeah.